0: Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. come on let's give them some praise tonight come on let's lift up the name that matters there is only one name that could change you only one name that could heal you only one name that could deliver you and that is the name of Jesus and tonight I don't know if you came excited but I came excited about his name I came excited about his power I want to challenge you tonight to step out of your comfort zone I want to challenge you tonight to step out of average I want to challenge you tonight to stay out of the place of comfort and say God I'm ready you can turn that background off thank you I'm ready to be stretched I'm ready to move I'm telling you right now with the fire of God and what is happening in this place we could do an altar call right now there is something moving in the spirit and some of you might be in this place dead and saying Isaiah I don't feel it but I prophesy life over you tonight I prophesy destiny over you tonight. And I want to give you permission tonight to be excited about God. I want to give you permission tonight. I want to also give you permission. If you want to sit down, you could sit down at any moment. I know last night you some of you stood the whole time. Listen, we're not going to judge you if you sit down. We're not going to condemn you if you sit down. You may look at some of us and say, why are they like that? Why are they shouting like that? Why are they pr- praising that way friend it is a privilege for us to stand in the presence of God it is a privilege for us to be able to worship to be able to shout friend what would happen if the world showed up to the church and said wow they're more excited in the house of God than they are at the bar they're more excited in the house of God than they are at the Packers game now I know right now there ain't much to be excited about the Packers game, but I'm telling you there comes a place where you say I'm not going to give the high school football team a greater praise than Jesus, I'm not going to give the club and the bar a greater worship than the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, maybe all these churches wouldn't drink still if we gave them something greater maybe all these believers maybe you wouldn't need the glass of wine, if you had a glass of The new wine. Maybe you wouldn't still need to chase after material possessions. From there's a reason why I don't drink. There's no void that I need filled. I already am full of the Holy Ghost. See, when the Holy Ghost fills you, you don't need the music. You don't need the movies. Come on, help me preach in this church tonight. You don't need the culture because you're already full. Maybe the argument should be can we? And the argument should be, why would we? Can we still drink? Can we still have demons? Can we still go out and do this? Is it possible, friend? You can have whatever you want. You could stand, you could sit, you could jump, you could shout, you could be quiet, you could not have breakthrough, you could have breakthrough. It's not about what we can have, it's about what do we want. And I've made a choice in my life. It's not that I have to give that up or give this up, it's that I'm choosing something greater. And it's called the presence of God. And when I begin, oh, I feel like preaching in this place tonight. I feel like we're getting some demons mad tonight when I get in the presence of God I go, God, you're better than alcohol you're better than fornication you're better than pornography and if that draws me away from you see, the devil is not afraid of you shouting he's not afraid of you dancing he's not afraid of you coming to the altar he's afraid that you would leave this revival and your life would change see, the word of God is to show you what areas of your life need to change so you can actually change it my preaching is not going to change you In fact, reading your Bible does not change you. The Bible says the word is a mirror. It reveals what's in your heart and it reproves, it rebukes and it corrects. But how many know you can't put your Bible on a bottle? You can't put your Bible on top of pornography and then all of a sudden you get delivered and the Bible picks up the drink and throws it out. When you read the word and preach the word, it reveals it's a mirror. When you go in front of the mirror and there's a blemish on your face, the mirror does not reach out and clean your face. A mirror reveals what you have to clean. See, you are a participator in the presence of God. God goes, I'm not looking to raise up robots. I'm not looking to raise up puppets. I'm looking to raise up sons and daughters that say, I'm not going to spectate any longer. I'm not going to sit on the sidelines. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to heaven and be the first time I meet Jesus. Some of you are worshiping another Jesus and you're going to get to heaven and you're going to go, I don't understand why I spent my entire life worshiping the God of the American church but not the God of the Bible. And friend, we don't read our Bibles. Why would we read something we have nothing in common with? I want to open up the book and say my life is in this book. The Bible says we are written epistles read by all men. That I am the 67th book of the Bible. That I am called to walk out and to live out. Not just say... I'm a Christian, but actually be a Christian. There is a lifestyle that you walk in. Our passion is not for the stage. Man, you're so passionate. I'm always like this, passionate. I'm always excited. I can have fun, I can joke, I can do all this other stuff. But when we get in the presence of God, when we come to the house of God, it is a serious thing to be in the presence of God. And I don't come in his presence and waste his time and not give him everything. Every time I show up, I go, "God, I'm going to give you all of my worship. I'm going to give you all of my praise. I'm not going to let witches and warlocks outprayer me. I'm not going to let witches and warlocks outshout me." I'm telling you it is amazing how they will spend eight hours a day giving sacrifices I was listening to a witch's testimony recently and they said it's amazing because Christians do not realize a simple concept in witchcraft and here's the concept that there is power in blood that is why witches and warlocks and I know when I start talking about spiritual stuff believers just turn me out I'm telling you friend we are so living outside of the realm of the spirit we have so lost spiritual warfare in the church there is a real spiritual battle that is happening all around us and we need to wake up sound the alarm and open up our eyes to the spiritual realm you have witches and warlocks running around destroying the church and we are sound asleep trying to have three points and a poem about nothing getting our little bless me club and sprinkling a little bit of jesus on our compromise so we come here And we get all offended. Why? Because I don't want you telling me how I'm supposed to live. I want to have my ungodly life and as long as I have a little bit of Jesus on the side then everything is going to be fine. And it's amazing because you'll go to the movies watch people making out and pay $14 and not get offended and then you'll come to the house of God and hear the word of the Lord and get all petty and go, I don't know if I like this. It does not matter. It's in the word of God. Jesus said, if any man wants to follow me, you have to Lay down your desires, lay down your ambitions. When I was an atheist, I didn't like this either. And there is a lot of Christian atheists in the church. That preach and shout and get excited and raise their hands but don't live like God exists I'm talking about living a life where he is so real where you come to the house of God and you say I don't need you to force me I don't need you to make me I'm not doing it because I have to I'm doing it because I get to." friend nobody makes me do anything I don't shout this way because I have to I shout this way because who is a man that God is mindful that God would encounter me that God would touch me when we talk about how we were drug addicts and we were on the street we're not playing religion I've got saved. I got ripped out of darkness. The Bible says you have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You have been translated from one realm to another. That literally means you've been moved from the enemy's bank account. And there was a wire transfer called the cross that put you from the enemy's bank account. Oh, that's great preaching tonight into God's bank account. And now that you've been redeemed act like it I'm a Christian I'm like really nobody knows it could have fooled me How witches and warlocks, there's a guy that we know astro projected eight to ten hours a day. We're going to have him come out to the awakening. was one of the high priests of the Satanic world. The enemy knew him. The devil knew him by his first name. And he goes, I got saved and I didn't understand why believers don't pray, why believers don't fast, why they don't preach, why they're not excited. He goes, we were doing animal sacrifices and I won't go into the rest because it's not appropriate for kids. And doing human sacrifices because we understood the principle there's power in the blood yet the American church does not realize that same principle it does not just apply to darkness it applies to the kingdom of light that there is power in the blood of Jesus that tonight in the blood of Jesus every demonic power on you it gets broken off of you I cast out Jezebel in the name of Jesus the power of the enemy is broken I'm done living my life just because the enemy lengthened my chain it doesn't mean I'm not in bondage so we come to church and you know what he does he makes your chain a little bit longer so you think you're free so you go out and you get excited about God and what happens a month later you go right back a month later you go back to the pornography back to the friends and then you wait till Isaiah comes back or Z comes back or Matt Cruz comes back by the way all you single ladies that came tonight for Matt Cruz he's right there front row you can take a picture in the the booth after praise the Lord right there and then we get all excited and we get all hungry for God and then we go back and then Pastor Deb and Bishop Sias and they go what happened to your fire what happened to your flame the problem was your chain got lengthened you didn't break the chain see we want Jesus, but we don't want to break the areas of our life that we are addicted. How can I have Jesus and still have Budweiser? How could I have Jesus and still have vodka? How could I have Jesus and still have the Netflix show I love? How could I have, the question isn't how can you have this and that? It's when Jesus moves in, everything else moves out. There is only one name that is above every name. There is only one king that is above every king he is the alpha and the omega he is the beginning and he is the end he is the first and he is the last and on that day called judgment every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is the Lord you will bow now or bow later because even little Wayne have to bow the day he meets the king every power every principality every ruler of darkness everything you've lived your life letting it be subject subject to addiction subject to this subject to that letting the enemy put me play games with me and manipulate my mind and challenge me and make religion and make church all about me Friend, that is the enemy's greatest plan is to make all of this about us that is why and i'm not making fun like i said we have a church and we pastor a church but there is great deception when we get up on stage and then people look to us and they worship and they and they. i Identify God as a man that gets up and preaches. Friend, God wants more than just our services and sermons. He wants your life. He wants your passion, your enthusiasm. He wants you to get alone with him and to seek him in the secret place. So if you live your life through a Sunday morning church or through a man or a woman on a pulpit, you are living in delusion and confusion. And even the enemy believes and trembles, yet he doesn't live what he believes. So we believe in God and we worship and we shout and we get excited, but we look at our lives and go, I don't have a prayer life. I don't fast. I don't witness. I'm living my life. And we're actually proud. We actually are excited about how safe we are in the American church we actually take pride in how lukewarm we are and how calm we are and there are plenty of churches you can find that have an on sale jesus all the churches are competing who could sell him for cheaper well if you come to our church you don't have to do all that and it doesn't take all that and at our church you could still do this and do that and be with them and be with her and so you come to a church like this where there's a standard and after a couple months i'm about to preach to somebody in this place if you don't say amen just say ouch and after a couple weeks we realized there is a price and there is a standard so i'm just gonna go find a church where i can live like the devil and still claim to be a christian i'm gonna go find a church where i could do whatever i want and you can do that but it isn't church there's a lot of churches with crosses in front of them, but no crosses on the inside. People that are wearing the cross on their neck, but not bearing the cross on their back. And there's a lot of believers that work out once a week on Sunday morning and wonder why they're out of shape spiritually. God goes, I'm looking for a people that wouldn't wear it, but would bear it. I'm looking for a people that wouldn't be a Christian cliche. We don't come all the way from California because we're sitting at home boring, Go, we just want to go to church. We believe tonight that the power and the anointing of God is going to break everything. Every demonic power that the anointing of God is going to set you free once and for all. That it would not be a one year thing. I am tired of temporary Christians. Tired of seeing people. For six months and eight months and one year. Me and Nino talk about all the time. Have you knew how many young guys got saved with me? How many young guys got on fire? And I've watched them over and over and over go by the wayside. Why? Because they never genuinely connected with the Holy Spirit. And they never got rid of those skeletons in their closet. And those areas of their life that were not of God. Friend, I am tired of living a six month cycle. When are you going to get to the place where you say devil is enough is enough? I'm tired of every six months going back to porn. I'm tired of every... Every six months we don't I don't they don't know where I'm at in the church I'm tired from hopping from place to place I need to get planted and I need to get rooted I need to get serious about the move of God I need to get serious about revival I need to realize that this is not a moment but a movement this is a lifestyle where I could look back 40 years from now and say remember that day in December where I encountered the presence of God friend I'm glad to say this and I'm not bragging but I will boast in Christ that 8 years ago I stood at an altar and I said yes to God and from that day I was delivered from drugs, I was delivered from alcohol, I was delivered from lust, I was delivered from pornography and I've never gone back, every other word was the F word and when the presence of God showed up in my life, I still believe that our God is able to deliver I wish I had someone to test I still believe that our God can heal. And you don't have to just get free, you can stay free. You realize this is not about you. See, the enemy turned worship in heaven about him. He took worship off of God and put it on the people. And we have made a church where worship is no longer about raising him. It's about raising us. It's about getting a big building. It's about packing out a crowd. How could we get people in? How could we make it about them? How could we cater to you? Isaiah, that's not true. Yes, it is. Every time you want to meet with the pastor, it's always about you. Every time you get prayer, it's always about you. Every time you complain, it's always about you. It's about what program you want what volume you want what set list you want there's too much smoke there's not enough smoke the lights are too bright the lights are too dim it's too bright it's too dark I don't like the color of the carpet I don't like the color I mean we have all these things because we have taught people as believers in America that church was about them see but Jesus did not raise up a church that was about you it was about them it was about going out Jesus said to go and make disciples. Disciples, not excuses. So the enemy's worshiping. Worshiping, and you know what he does? He turns around and goes, I don't want to worship him anymore. I want people to worship me. I want to live my life where it's all about me. The Bible says, according to Paul, that the time is coming when men will be lovers of self. Guys, we are living in the generation where we are so self-absorbed and self- self-obsessed with self. Everything is about us, selfie generation. I want somebody to like my picture and share my post. I mean, we make entire pages all about us. And when we wake up in the morning, our joy and our pleasure and life it's not found in encountering God It's not found in the secret place David said early in the morning I will rise and I will seek you we don't rise to seek him we rise to seek fame we rise to check our posts it's the first thing we think about and the last thing we think about and we are living in an hour where prophecy is being fulfilled in the church that we are obsessed with self that's why Jesus said love your neighbor as yourself he was not saying to love you more he was saying I see how much you like you and what would happen if you like the world as much as you like you what would happen if you were more obsessed with reaching souls than you were about your little bless me club what would happen if you came and said i don't need a blessing i need the fire of almighty god so i could go make a difference i need why are you so mad because i am tired of watching the enemy bring his antichrist worship into the house of god and make this about us Listen to all the worship songs we produce in the American church. It's all about us. How God loves us. How God cares about us. How God wants to bless us. How God wants to use us. You know, back in the day, there were songs about the holiness of God. I have one for you that's really rare. You won't hear this anymore in songs. I exalt thee. We have turned I exalt thee into I exalt me. And every song is how worship could be me. How world, the world revolves around me. How I could get challenged. How I, oh Isaiah, I didn't really like that. It's not about what you like. People, Francis Chan said one day he was at his mega church, And someone came up to him and said, I didn't really like that song this morning. and he said good because we weren't here to worship you we are here to worship him see we are not here tonight to pat you on the back and put some oil on you and prophesy over you will we do that probably and yeah we're Pentecostal we definitely will but it's so that we could go out and we could make disciples so that we could take the focus and the energy off of us and put it onto him I am tired of the devil winning I believe tonight that the power of darkness is going to be Broken. Jesus said who could bind the strong man but only a man that's even stronger Friend, there is a power that is stronger than addiction. There is a power and I command every stronghold to let you go in the name of Jesus. You ought to just talk to those demons and say get off of me. I'm tired of you controlling me. I'm tired of the stronghold. I don't I don't want to be gripped by fear i want to be gripped by heaven i don't want to be gripped by depression i want to be gripped by joy and by peace i'm tired of letting the enemy and the demons come in our life you know what we say oh brother i'm just struggling Str- really you're struggling it's what, what part of logging on your computer at one in the morning and watching videos of naked women and naked men, what part of that is struggling? I am so tired of our petty excuse. I just don't know. Every time I'm just struggling. You're struggling. You went to the grocery store, got in line, got a bottle, still went to the checkout, waited in line, paid for the bottle, went home, opened up the bottle, and drank yourself. That's not called struggling. That's called giving into darkness. I think that we always say we're struggling in this area and struggling in this area. Friend, do you want to know what a struggle is? It's to leave eternity, enter humanity subject yourself to the womb of a woman for nine months be born of a virgin live your life for 30 years not being able to reveal who you are having a three-year ministry raising the dead healing the sick prophesying casting out demons walking on the earth for three years being spit on and rejected showing up to the religious people them kicking you out and then you have 12 men out of the thousands that follow you and then one day you turn around and the greatest moment of human history and all 12 of them disappear and you carry a wooden cross to a hill called Golgotha where they are going to stab you, pierce you, and give you the worst death of that time possible. And don't tell me that you're struggling with your little addiction. Jesus struggled so you didn't have to. He carried a cross. He was whipped and he was beat. He was bruised and broken so that tonight we could freely worship. We could freely shout. We could freely praise freely give him our worship so don't sit back I don't know if I really feel it I wonder if he felt it when he was carrying your cross I just I'm I'm getting a little bit tired you're tired because you drove five minutes in the colt and you come here and you're, I don't know if I want to. You, I, don't know, I don't know if he wants you sometimes. I wonder sometimes if you get so tired of our complacency and so tired of how religious we are, that he goes, I don't really feel like showing it. But you know what's so amazing about the grace of God? But even while we're in our sin, we're out in darkness. He goes, I'm still going to pay the price. I'm still going to lay down my life. Even though I came to prophesy to someone that's been running. Even though you've been running and you've turned your back. He's like the father of the prodigal son. Do you know the Bible says the prodigal son came home and his father ran to him. See many people don't know why he ran. you got to understand that in a family that had status like that whenever a son would leave the father he would embarrass it was embarrassment to the family and when the son would come home the village would have heard about it and they would have ran out to the edge of the city and they would have went out and beat him or stoned him or mocked him and the father heard his son was coming home and said I got to get to him before the village does. Friend he ran to beat the village our god said i don't shame you i don't condemn you but i'm running to you tonight there is an inheritance for you there is a destiny for you so don't act like i preach why don't ask why i preach like this you want to know why i preach like this because he ran to me because when i was eating with pigs and you know what i realized why am i eating with pigs when they're in my father's house with peace and with joy see the enemy wants to get you out of the father's house and bring you with the pigs he wants to isolate you and to seclude you and to separate you from the presence of god see when the devil got cast out of heaven for making worship about self he did not leave by himself pastor deb and bishop here's what amazing about the church when people decide they want to leave because oh you know they're asking too much of me i, I would dare you to go tell your boss he's asking too much of you eight hours. Sh- shifts 10 hour shifts and we ask you to come 20 minutes early to pick up some chairs and now we're I don't know if I could do that you just don't realize that you might not be getting paid in the physical but you are getting paid in the spiritual in fact some of you should say I don't want the money I'm getting paid in heavenly places I'm not worried about who notices me I'm worried about him noticing me see people they choose to leave to leave the move of God no big deal you've walked away, you don't like the fire, you don't like the passion you don't like the shouting, there's plenty of churches that don't shout, they don't scream, they don't get excited they don't dance, they don't worship, they don't none of that you can go find one, you can sit there and be dead like everybody else and not see any miracles, no signs, no wonders you won't see no demons cast out you won't see no one raised from the dead and you can have the little boring Jesus American church religion a God that comes back on a pony not a war horse, you could have that and be all excited, but the problem is on judgment day you're not going to meet the God of the American church that rides a pony and has a daisy banner you're going to meet the God who's a war horse with a crown of thorns that rides back and makes war on the nations and you're not going to take account for the little American church Jesus that is no Jesus at all you're going to take account of the Jesus in the book of Acts that says I want you to lay down your life for me because the blood of the martyrs is what grows the church see people choose to leave all the time but here's what I've come to find and if you're a pastor you're about to shout me down right here they never leave by themselves I'm like great praise the Lord you can go just don't try to take 10 of their families with you every single time, why? because it's the same thing the enemy did he got kicked out of heaven, you know what he decided? I'm not just going to leave quietly and by myself I'm going to try to convince everybody else in fact, it was one third of the angels I'm going to convince them that what I have for them is better than what you have for them so the enemy begins to convince one third think about this, he's convincing one third of the angels why they should leave eternity and enter the earth and then one day be locked up in the flame and the lake of fire according to Revelation 20.10 and so he's telling them well I have a better plan and it's going to be funner if you come with me and if you come with me and he's making promises I'm going to give you this and I'm going to give you that the problem with the enemy's promises is that every single one of them are empty he only has one language, the devil's native tongue is actually lying, he does not speak English, he does not speak Spanish he speaks lies and the Bible says day and night he's accusing the brethren, oh you're never going to get your act together, oh you're never going to get delivered tonight, oh this is just another revival meeting but you got to begin to realize those are lies and say wait a minute devil i am done listening to your lies the plan that you have for me is not better than the plan the lord has for me he has plans to prosper me he has plans to give me life i wonder if we really presented the gospel i guarantee the world would want it if we presented it rightly but we don't present something we don't live I don't know why I don't preach to nobody. I know why, because you're not on fire for God. You don't believe that God can raise the dead. You don't believe that God can heal the sick. You don't believe that's why we first get saved. We're so passionate and we're so excited and we're telling everybody and we're annoying and no one in the church wants to be around us because we convict them and you don't get invited over anybody's house. Friend, if you're not getting invites to other people's house, you got to get excited and go, they probably don't want me there because I convict them. They probably don't want me there because they don't like that I challenge them and you're all excited in every, every post. This is so true, Pastor. Every post is about refuge y'all better shot. Every post, pictures of them. You would think that your Instagram was pastor's Instagram. I mean, because you got pictures of them. You got pictures of the family. You got pictures. Every post is about the church. Every post is preaching is sermons. Come to my church. You got to hear about what God did. And then what happens? Weeks begin to go by and weeks begin to go by. Now all of a sudden you're not posting anymore. You're not inviting anymore. And then you're sitting in the second row. You're sitting in the third row. And listen, I sat in the very back row when I encountered God. It don't matter where you're sitting tonight. I'm not condemning. Oh, he's condemning me because I'm sitting in the back. God is just as much in the back as he is in the front in fact i think he's more in the back because he wants to touch those that maybe have drawn away but there is a pattern where we begin to draw away from the fire we begin to draw away from the presence of god we begin to draw away from the move of god and then before what we shouted about some of you used to like me oh i'm about to preach right there i'm about to preach right there i like that right there at my table, what do you, bro? I love you, brother. I love your preaching. And then the second year, I came back, and you still like me. But you know, it was just, oh, it's just, it's just Isaiah. It's just Bishop. It's just Pastor. Dan. And so all of a sudden, you're like, oh, how are you? And before it was like taking pictures with me and hugging me, and will you pray for me? And I love your message. And then year three, year four, year by year five, you're not even greeting me. I mean, you're on the other side of the room when I walk this way, you walk that way. It's the same thing, Moses. We begin to get casual about the move of God. We begin to get casual about the presence of God we begin to get casual about repentance and what used to bring you life what used to be exciting what actually at one time changed you now you actually can't stand because you've allowed the enemy to convince you that normal is the plan that God has for you friend God is not raising up this church as a normal average church God said I'm raising you up to go above the standard I'm raising you up to be a sign of hope holiness to be a sign of deliverance to be a sign of repentance in a generation that has turned from me i'm going to use you as a voice of revival and a voice i know i'm sweaty it's just you know praise god a voice of awakening and i'm going to use this house and i prophesy over you to turn the tide in stephen's point to shift the culture of stephen's point but i'm looking for you to be faithful Why? Because my ways are not your ways. And my schedule is not your schedule. So you're waiting, God, when are you going to do it? God, when are you going to do it? God, we've been believing. God has been six years and they prophesied year one, they prophesied year two and we get discouraged because the chairs are empty and we don't see what we want to see. But you got to realize that we're here not tonight preaching to the natural. We're not about to do a natural altar call. We're not here. Pro- we're not. The music's not natural. We are releasing a sound that is going into the spirit realm and is literally pushing back demonic forces. you got to understand that your praise is a nuclear warhead in the kingdom of darkness that your worship and your shout it breaks demonic powers that Paul said I don't know how I'm going to get out of this prison cell this probably will be the end of me and then Paul said wait a minute I got a secret weapon they forgot to take they patted me down but they forgot one thing that I had praise in my back pocket and I'm going to whip out praise and I'm going to praise my way out someone ought to stop right there and say I'm about to praise my way out. I've been in addiction, but I'm going to praise out. I'm going to be in religion. And I'm not just going to praise me out. Salas, I got your back. I'm going to praise you out too. And I'm not just going to praise you out. I'm praising the city out. I'm praising the state out. I'm praising the nation out. My worship is going to invoke God. I don't believe it was Paul's praise that broke him out of prison. I believe Paul's praise invited the presence of God into that prison. And God showed up because the Bible says biblically that God inhabits the praises. In fact, the Bible says our praise is God's throne. That God sits upon our worship. And I believe that Paul began to worship and praise. And the presence of God said, "I got to get up in that prison cell." And God got up in that prison cell and said, "Wait a minute, this thing's too small for me. I'm not. I can't just. I'm, I'm not okay with the prison. I'm just gonna break out of this prison cell. I'm just gonna shake out of this prison cell. Oh, I hear the doors of. I hear the." Fa- foundations and the doors of your prison cell beginning to rumble tonight. I hear the foundations getting ready to shake. The Bible says the doorposts of heaven they shake in worship, they shake in praise. And I'm getting ready to shake something. I'm getting ready to shift something. I'm getting ready to praise into a breakthrough tonight. And I don't care who hears me. Paul, you can get the worship team to come up. Paul's preaching and praying and worshiping. You know what everyone around him is doing? Putting their ears on the wall listening wait a minute is she still going to that crazy church called refuge wait a minute she's still worshiping wait a minute she's still dancing wait a minute she's still on fire i thought this was just a phase i thought this was just a season that you're going through see your friends at your college they're waiting for your fire to die out oh baby you got to understand something you could just keep listening because this worship and this praise ain't going nowhere i'm just getting warmed up i'm just getting started i got a worship in me i'm got i got a fire in me. I got a passion in me. There are more for us than there are against us. Don't be discouraged. Refuge church. We may be surrounded by the enemy, but Elisha's servant opened up his eyes and said, we might be surrounded, but so are they. I see angels all around and there are more for us than there are against us. We are on the winning side one-third watch that was my intro by the way one-third of the angels leave which leaves what two-third of the angels left for every demonic power that's tormenting you there's two angels ready to fight i was in deliverance one time and we couldn't hold this guy down he was a mma fighter and i remember being so overwhelmed because there's a bunch of us guys trying to hold this guy demon possessed And all of a sudden, he stood up, and he's trying to fight all of us guys. And I said, I command angels to hold you down. And that guy, I'm telling you, he was six foot, about 15. I mean, he went back flat on his back. One arm went this way, and one arm went that way. And his body started levitating off the ground, but his arms were still on the ground. And I sat there. All I could think of was, I cannot believe that worked. I mean, sometimes we pray, and we have this faith, and then after we're going, what? I mean, can you imagine Paul as he's praying and worshiping, and the prison begins to shake, and Paul goes, wait a minute. I'm not just preaching about it I'm walking it what I'm preaching it actually works see I'm getting up here preaching this because I've seen the blind eyes open I've seen the deaf hear again I've watched marriages get restored I've watched people get lit on fire all over the country and I know that if he's done it once our God will do it again if he's done it for me he'll do it for you and I looked at that guy on the ground and I was like feeling where his arm was because I was like I want to touch an angel I mean and I'm like you come out and the demon literally said I'll leave if you tell these things to get off me but the demon spoke out of the guy He's throwing up black stuff his eyes were black I was like I asked the demon I said what'd you say And the demon said, what do you think I said? I said, if you tell these angels to get off me, I'll leave. And I'm going, where are they? And they're like, he's like, obviously one's on this side, one's I mean, the demon's recognizing that when the presence of God, do you know the Bible says that the angels wait on our prayers, that when we pray, angels are dispatched. And I wonder right now if there's some of you who have angels bored up in heaven. I'm going to say that one more time so you could tweet it. I wonder if there's some of you that have angels bored up in heaven because you have not been calling upon them but the bible says they are flames of fire ministering angels and tonight i prophesy over you that god is loosing angels that there are chains that are going to break i believe tonight is a night of deliverance that there is going to be supernatural breakthrough in the areas of those of your life that have been years in addiction the bible says when a demon leaves a person not when it gets cast out of a person that's what I used to teach and believe and when it leaves a person it goes looking for dry places friend you know the devil's attracted to dry Christians? you know the devil, that dry, stale, go to church once a week, go through the motions? The devil goes, I love those type of people. And in fact, I am attracted to dry Christians. Friend, I am getting in the river tonight. I refuse to be dry. I refuse to be stale. You might call me crazy, but don't call me dry. I want to be on fire. I want to be radical. I want to be crazy. I want to make religious people scratch their head. The religious people marveled because Jesus spoke with authority. They didn't agree with him, but they couldn't deny his power. The demon goes out. Why? Because there's open door access. Because what God began to show me. There's too many believers that have an open door policy to darkness. See, the demon goes out and comes back, finds the man's home empty in order, but empty still, and goes back in the man. Why? Because we've given the enemy open door access through music, through movies, through drinking, through culture, through television, through the vices, through the things of this world. We open doors in the spirit realm, and I wish I had more time to talk. We have open doors in the spiritual realm, and we give demonic spirits access into our marriage. I'm going to say that one more time. We give demonic spirits access into our marriage access into our minds we go with our husband, our wife watching these Tyler Perry movies that are all about fornication and we open up the door in our marriage we open up the door in our family when we put on the music and put on the movies and put on the things of this world and we begin to open up portals and here's what I know about the devil if you open the door an inch he will blow the door open if you give him an inch he will take a mile that's why God said Cain the enemy's sin sits at the door and knocks friend it's time tonight to slam the door on the devil's face and say enough is enough i am shutting every door in my family i'm shutting every door in my house i'm shutting every door you know the greatest door in our culture in our generation this is what the lord began to show me this is the greatest door I said, God, why are we living in such an age of darkness, of our culture? I mean, darkness we've never seen before. And God said, Isaiah, because back in the day, the spiritual portals were only in the secret place. We only sinned in secret. He goes, now we carry spiritual portals with us everywhere we go. These are access into the spiritual realm. Either access into heavenly places or demonic places. And we are sitting day in and day out, watching videos, listening. And don't act like this is not for you and it's for your neighbor. Some of you are thinking, I wish my cousin was here. I'm not preaching to your cousin. I'm preaching to you. There is access on our cell phones and one moment we could be opening up spiritual portals and letting demonic powers into our life and for some of you shutting the door it means holding that icon on that app and saying i am going to delete everything that i've given the enemy access into my life i'm going and the devil hates this preaching the devil the devil's mad you might think i don't know why i'm so mad it's not you it's the devil and we don't know how to discern the darkness so we think it's us I had one girl come to me and say, I watch all your videos, I love your preaching, I was in your service she goes, the whole time you were preaching this morning all I kept hearing was tell that guy to shut up and cuss words, yelling that guy's lying, that's not the truth, tell him to shut up, she goes, and in my deep inside, I know this is what I want, I know it's the truth I know it's the Bible, she goes, but what, what is that? I'm thinking, well, obviously it's a demon but I began to tell her, I said, honey, I said, honey you understand it's not me that you don't like it's the truth of the word of God, the demons don't want you to come to the altar the demons don't want you to be in the house of God. In fact, here's another thing, because I just heard somebody, well, that's not real. The demons would love you to not believe that they're real. In fact, the enemy's greatest plan is to live in darkness, hide in darkness, and to bring deception in your life. Because if you knew he was there, you might actually stand up and start actually wanting to fight him. But if he hides, but tonight, we are putting the light of Christ on every dark area, and we are going to ask you to expose the darkness in your life, to expose the sin in your life, and say, I'm I'm done defending my demons, I'm done defending my demons. Gideon said we're going to destroy the idols and the city wants to kill Gideon and you know what Gideon's father said if the idols are true and they're really alive let them defend themselves stop defending the idols that God wants to kill the only reason why you have to defend the drinking and defend the movie and defend the music and defend all that is because you know that it's an idol and idols can't defend themselves so they need you to defend them but you got to say I'm not going to defend these anymore I'm going to defend the word of God I'm going to get in my bible and I'm going to let the conviction and the power of the Holy Ghost convict me. Would you give a warm round of applause for Bishop as he takes this stage tonight? At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge. We are Refuge.